Welcome to That Happiness Show. I am Gemma Fassett, host and creator. I bring you my 25 years experience in finding happiness. You are the creator of your reality and thus you do create your happiness too. This is no longer about chasing the dream, but learning to stand in your power and receive. I am frequency expert, artist, teacher, and grateful mommy, here to guide you with the tools, ideas, and education around raising your frequency, learning to be present, and finding the happiness you deserve. Thank you for joining us. Welcome. This is Gemma. <clears throat> Clear my throat there. My goodness. I am so happy to be here with you. I <clears throat> reached out through my journal today to ask the universe what do I share today? What do we talk about today? And what came up was this sentence. And I loved it. And I know we've touched on this before, but I want to go deeper with it. What if we lived life like we did when we were children? <clears throat> now, first you have to ask yourself, did you have a happy childhood? <laughs> Maybe. Because if you didn't and you weren't doing life on your own terms when you were a child, then this isn't necessarily a, a straight up shot for you. For me, when I was very little, I was living life on my own terms. I mean, I had parents, but they acted merely as like caretakers, more or less, and I was free to live as I chose uh, for the most part, you know, like on my own, in my own time, and I had a lot of my own time, I was very independent and free to do whatever. And so I had a lot of life experiences independent of my parents at a very young age, and I continued to do so through my entire childhood. It's interesting that when uh, then when you become a teenager, then all of a sudden, for myself, <laughs> there was a big crackdown, um, and there was no more freedom. But by then, too, I was the oldest of seven kids, so maybe that had something to do with it. <clears throat> so um, some of the things I wrote down and um, uh, that I made notes of is like my experience was when I was little... And I was a child, I was excited to get up every morning. I was excited. It was almost like every morning was Christmas. And um, I mean, I remember Christmas being different, but it was this excitement, this anticipation of what was coming. And the fact that I didn't know, and I was looking forward to the surprises that came with it. The surprise of what might happen outdoors, playing outdoors, the surprise of what might happen with my friend the surprise of what was going to end up of food. Like I didn't know what I was going to eat because my mom provided food. <clears throat> so these were all things uh, that I, I loved about being a child. And I've noticed have somewhat diminished as an adult. And this is, um, I think it has to do with our focus. Um, we, we focus on these programs that run in our heads that cause us to not have anticipation and not have excitement and not want to be present. So I am, for myself, I'm thinking if I get up with some kind of like excitement, anticipation of what's coming and not knowing that it's going to open more doors. Now, this is really cool because if you're anticipating what's coming, you're going to find more interesting things. Whereas if you predict um, through your programming what's coming, then you're going to probably find the programming because that's what you're looking for. Isn't this fascinating? Um, I was, as a kid, totally engaged in sensory experience. I love smelling things and touching them and looking at them really closely 
And I can remember <clears throat> so many unique experiences I had as a child that I'll never forget, you know, like seeing certain kinds of bugs in California that you don't even know exist. They're like bizarre, bizarre bugs, like this one bug. It was like a a very slow moving, gigantic ant. When I say gigantic, try like four or five inches long. Maybe it was only three inches, but it was huge. I mean, I was a kid, but it was pretty darn huge. And I don't know what it was. It was brown. <laughs> it was some sort of ground digger thing, but it was a bug and it was huge. So I will never forget that. Um, I've had other sensory type situations as an adult. And when you have these, you have to be willing to let go of the world to have these moments. You have to stop everything. You have to stop the thought that you should be somewhere, be doing something. All of that has to stop. When I was on Smith Island and I was watching these slugs mate one time, I watched the whole ritual from beginning to end. I mean, it was like from before there was even mating, before when it was just this bizarre thing of seeing a slug hanging on a cord <coughs> that caught my eye and I decided to be present to witness this nature thing that was happening and unfolding right in front of me. And I had no clue what to expect, none. I didn't know there was gonna be mating. I didn't know there was gonna be two slugs, not just one. And it even took me a while to realize it was a mating thing. The whole thing took 45 minutes to watch, but my world stopped for it. It absolutely stopped for it. And it was so amazing and I will never forget it. It was so awesome. Another time I found a red velvet wasp. Did you even know such a thing existed? I did not until I saw one on the ground and I wanted to pet it so bad because it was that beautiful. It looked like it should have been a piece of jewelry. It was velvety and bright red and it didn't have any wings so it looked like an ant and I just wanted to hold it and pet it. <clears throat> um, so I was so super present, really wanted to engage more senses but was afraid because it was a red, I mean, we're talking like, a jewel red, ruby red bug. And I was afraid if I touched it, it might sting me or something, bite me. So I didn't do it, but I couldn't get enough of it. And uh, so I went and I uh, looked it up and I found it. And that's why I know it was a red velvet wasp. And here I thought it was an ant, but it's a red velvet wasp. And they live in the ground evidently. All right, and compassion is another heightened sense of a child. They're very compassionate. They sense other emotions, you know, going on around them. They sense the emotions of others and they feel others' pain very strongly. I did. I did very much so. So much so that I made an art of um, like keeping peace in my home so my mom would not get upset or, um, you know, get well, I don't know, get um, angry at anybody, you know, like I really didn't want that to happen because I could feel it was too intense. So these are all things that I experienced. Um, and there's more, I know there's more. What about freedom? <laughs> but you know, what's weird. It's like, what if this podcast is going out to people who didn't experience these things, who weren't just let loose in the morning and told to be back for lunch? I mean, was that your experience? If so, yay. And if not, guess what? What if you were told to just go, go, do anything you want to do and be home for lunch, be back for lunch? What would you do? Have we lost our ability to think what to do, to feel what to do, to, in, to be inspired by the moment? And um, I don't ever remember as a kid being bored because we were always 
just ready to explore or build or I mean we we dug into the ground we went under bushes and we made little little nests and homes and we made food from mud and flowers and we tasted stuff in the woods we ate honeysuckle and forged for apricots and did all sorts of cool things and it was this active imagination and you know what maybe that is key imagination uh there was a saying I had years ago, I found and I shared with everybody, imagination fuels the inspiration. Imagination is the, no, it's the, um, it's the primer. It's the prime. It primes the pump for inspiration. There we go. Um, I'm going to say that again. Um, imagination primes the pump for inspiration. So if that isn't telling, like, so let's get back into the imagination. Let's start imagining. Let's start playing. Let's start creating something out of nothing, even if it's just coloring in a coloring book. Let's, um, you know what? There's so many great imagination games. And it's funny that I start to feel very stale or, or like I, I can't do it as an older person. But Oh gosh, excuse me. My daughter Bella is phenomenal at these imagination games. And perhaps it's time for us to start engaging it. If you want to see a great film about imagination with adults, watch The um, House Sitter with Steve Martin and Goldie Hawn. Very phenomenal film um, about imagination, you know, and bringing it into your daily life. Telling the story you want rather than the one you see, right? Like, so you can you can play in this moment and create whatever you want. Oof. I just felt that go over my whole body. And filling this space with this like, I don't know, expanding. I'm expanding. My body has to release. Releasing with all these yarns. So I like this idea to, to come back to the child within. And you know what? If you had a childhood that you weren't too keen on, what I'd like you to do is to do like a type of meditation going back, bringing that childhood into this now moment and remembering it. Just bring it into the now moment and bring yourself back there and tune into yourself and have this conversation with yourself. What is it that you don't like about the way you are being a child? What aspects don't you like? What What is the thing you'd like to do differently? And give yourself permission to give that to you now. Because if you can't see, um, if you can't see aspects of your childhood that were expansive for you, that were exciting and fun, and that made every day seem fresh and alive, then it's time to do a redo with that. And so you can be the parent now and you can give yourself a different experience. Like when Bella's home with me, we I'm excited to wake up with her. I'm excited to see her wake up and what she's going to do. Maybe that's how a lot of people uh, become more present when they have children because of those unknowns. But then how many people are also controlling their children as much as they themselves are controlled by the programs? And how is that serving anything? We were meant to be free, just like the animals. We were meant to be free. And uh, I think this like 
this this uh, pounding down with the government, um, with all of these restrictions, and who knows what's happening. It's like, what if this is a key to freedom in the sense that you recognize that nothing can actually confine you, that you have the freedom to start with in your imagination. And then to go beyond that, you have this freedom that comes from your own ability to create and manifest what you really want. So we get to um, play with that. Now, as children, we create it all the time. And if you didn't, <laughs> then I'd like you to start now. <laughs> start creating. I just made a little flip journal book yesterday. I'm getting more active with my books. I misplaced one of my um, to-do list books. I don't know where it is. got to find it. I looked around, but couldn't find it. So I want to get that out again. And I just, I feel like reading is a part of this. You know, just getting into books that excite us to read. Not have to reads, but stuff that really excites us to read. So I'm going to get a few of those books and keep them on my bedstand and start to read them. And if something pops out at me, it inspires me, I'm going to jot it down in my other book because I think it's time to just get more intimate, more connected to all of the messages, all of the clues in life. And I would, I I can see the benefit. I can see the benefit and I'm experiencing the benefit of really focusing in on those clues. And today, a clue I got, I don't understand all this yawning other than the excitement and the expansion into this new, which I'm sharing with you. I mean, that has to be it because I wasn't yawning at all before. Um, so I saw this flash of this color purple. And it was just like, oh, wow. You know, so I definitely want to uh, include that. And I think I'm actually going to get out my paints and or markers or something and get that color put into my journal. Um, but that was a clue I was given this morning. And then uh, this is a clue. This whole idea if what if we lived like we did when we were children, you know? What if we did that? And, you know, maybe for some people... It's a great idea even if you didn't like your childhood. And it's not, okay, what I'm not talking about is doing that again, but recognizing what was missing, recognizing uh, and knowing in your heart that that's not how kids are supposed to grow up. That's not the way I would have um, wanted my child to grow up. And I get to tell you, if you don't break these programs and then you had children, you would repeat. You will repeat if you do not break the programs. If you don't flush them away, you know, so um, I was quite older when I had Bella and all those years I was one, healing myself and two, rewriting the script on how a child could be raised. And even though I wasn't planning to have a child, I was very cognizant of seeing how other people raise children, how I was raised, how my husband was raised. And we didn't have any plans to have children. There wasn't going to be any accidents, but... It was just like we knew, like, and I guess because our inner child was still such a part of who we were that by declaring it to the world, like, oh, if we had children, we would do this. And it was part of our healing process. I'm just realizing that now. It was part of the healing process of caring for my own inner child to say, guess what? It wasn't fair that happened to you, and we would do it differently. That wasn't fair. This is the way we would do it. This is the way we're doing it now. And because I had all that healing time and healing my inner child work and just this idea that if I had children, how I would do it, 
It was so liberating from being able to be out of the paradigms and expectations of others once I did have a child. So um, I was older and I had, I had experienced, I had well thought out, you know, this um, idea of parenting. And for me, parenting was much more hands off. I mean, I took the best of my childhood and I took the worst of it. And the best of it I repeated and the worst of it I turned around. And that's what I'm asking you to do for yourself right now. Take the best of what was you as a child and engage it. Engage it with you now, that inner child work. And the worst of it, flip it around. You know, if um, you didn't like the fact that you weren't hugged, hug. Hug people all the time. Get hugs from people. Say, I want a hug. You know, I'm really active with hugs in my life. And my daughter's really active. And I noticed that it's when I shut down that my hugs stop. You know, but when I'm engaged, poof. Here they come. I'm like overflowing. I'm hugging people right and left. So, oh my gosh, I went way over. I can't believe it. Holy cow. Well, this was inspired. This was inspired. And I I want you to be able to uh, consider bringing that inner child out to play now. The child that you were, bring her or him up here right now to play with you. Holy mackerel. Holy mackerel. Isn't this amazing? <laughs> there is much to do in this world, and we're not going to get there in the programs. We ha- we will, however, we will, however, get there by listening to our inner child, listening to uh, inspired action, you know, and following that way. So that's that's today's focus. Can you bring in that inner child? Can you do it? Well. Oh my goodness. Let's see what happens here. I am sending you much love and much hugs. Have a wonderful, wonderful day. Bye now. Thank you for joining us on That Happiness Show. If you'd like more information or have questions, you can reach me at gemmafossett.com or 401-699-6142. Private sessions are available as well as retreats. It is time to wake up and learn to love yourself again. Thank you for listening. This is Gemma Fossett, host of That Happiness Show.